0: Welcome to Rescue Replay. My name is Kala and I'm your host. Currently, I am in Smithers, B.C., a place that I have a little bit of history with. It's nice to be back. Actually, this trip has felt a little bit more full circle than my previous trips. I actually used to live here in Smithers. So I was born and raised in Alberta and I started my aquatics career in Alberta where I bopped around to a bunch of different pools and I eventually Grew into a first aid instructor and a lifeguard instructor. And actually, I used to do boat patrol rescue on the Glenmore Reservoir in the, with the city of Calgary as well. we go rescue sailboats, go patrol the dragon boat races, and go do shoreline checks and, you know, check for dead bodies, which is kind of a weird thing. But hey, somebody's got to do it. Actually, it was really fun. My most memorable day at boat patrol, actually. I, I got called in for this extra shift and of course I, I wanted it. I wanted all the experience that I could get out there. They were doing work on the dam because the reservoir is Calgary's drinking water so it's held to, held in there by a dam and they were doing construction on it. So we were this extra rescue team and our job that day was to t- like tow a barge with a crane that had two anchors that were 10,000 pounds each and each of these anchors were attached to like a caution safety sign so it was part of our OHS regulations that while they were working on the dam that we had to have safety signs out and that was quite the day it took us 8 hours to pull this barge with this crane on it and drop these these 10,000 pound safety anchors attached to the safety signs. It was, it was quite intense actually. I have pictures. It was a good day. It was a really good day. So I, I was in Calgary for the first mm, 14 years of my career. By that time I was in my adulthood and I was actually in this relationship with this gentleman for quite a while. We were together for two years and I was like, well, I'm, you know, want to move in, get married and settle down. And he's like, whoa, 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 you know, the classic. And I was like, okay, well, maybe we should see other people then because I wasn't getting the commitment that I wanted from this guy. So I was like, okay, later. And he went like that weekend, we were supposed to go on this road trip to through BC. And he's like, well, if you want to see other people, I don't want you to come on this road trip. And I was like, okay, fine and while he was gone i went on the life saving society website and i found a job in smithers bc which i thought was totally in the okanagan and was totally shocked when i realized it was in the north region it was for an aquatic supervisor and i was like yeah i'm gonna apply for that because i have been working for the calgary city of calgary for five years at this point and working for the city of calgary gave me a lot it was like the jump start into where i am right now and I gained a lot of experience from it, but I always knew that I wanted to make a difference with whatever it was that I was doing in the world. And coming from a small community, I really wanted to get into pools in a small community because it's, the community pool is really an integral point into the quality of life for anybody that lives in a small town. And if you live in a small town, you probably know you are either a rink rat or a pool rat, you know. So I really wanted to have that in my life. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm single, I'm free, it's time, like I've been in Calgary for 10 years now, like it's time to go. So I applied for this job and I got it. And I accepted it. And the day after I accepted it, my ex, the person I was seeing, he called me and he wanted to chat. And I was like, okay, fine. I still had feelings for the guy. Like I, I didn't want to break up with him. I never wanted to break up with him. I just wanted more of a commitment, which he couldn't fulfill. And anyway, so then he, he, we met up and we talked and I was like, and he was like, well, I kind of want to get back together. And I was like, you, you're too late. Like I'm moving 14 hours North. Like I'm not going to be around. And I had like a month until I gave the pool a month for me to get everything sorted and for me to get there. And I was like, yeah, I have like a month. And within this month's time frame, my ex-partner at the time was going to New York for 10 days. So there was, like, only two weeks that we really had to spend time together. And he convinced me. He was like, yeah, like, no, I want to do this. And if you still, like, love me and whatever. And, like, we can do the distance. Like, if other people can do it, we can do it. You know, and he fed me all these lines, which was great at the time, or I thought it was. And I, I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And when I said yes, when I agreed to do the distance with this fellow, that was my decision at that point. That was like, okay, that's it. Done. I'm, this is the guy I'm going to marry. This is the guy that I'm going to have kids with. Like if he wants to do this with me, like I wouldn't do this for just anyone. So this is the guy that I'm, I'm going to go all the way with and I'm going to spend my life with. And I, I knew I had wanted that. So I was like, okay, this works out. I love this. So i moved to smithers and i bought a little trailer in a trailer park and i ended up like doing all these renovations and selling it and making quite a bit of money on it actually which was kind of a cool thing moving away from all of your support system into a town where you know no one trying to make a new life for yourself while having a tie back home trying to keep everything going and everything happy was a really tall order. And I didn't even really realize it while I was in it until I was out of it. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. So Smithers really holds a lot of memories for me and a lot of like special moments. What really stands out to me about Smithers was my ex-partner, he used to come up here and he used to visit me. And so we created all these great memories around and. We even put a lock on one of the bridges, like a love lock and we had written our names and like my dog's name on it. Now, I'm no longer with that person. Cody was actually really mentally and emotionally abusive and he did become physically abusive because I once I sold my trailer, I left Smithers and I went back to Calgary. And that's when I started living with him and I didn't even hardly get through a year. It just was, it was not a good situation, and we don't really talk about what gaslighting is and what emotional ma- manipulation is, so sometimes it's really hard to detect, and it's usually a really slow chip, and we had all, we had all this history and all this distance, so it's a little bit easier for them to gain their control and such, so it was pretty It was pretty difficult actually but when I left I was in a really good safe place and that's when Vancouver kind of adopted me and we'll talk about that story another time and how all the synchronicities happened which was really really quite beautiful I'm so blessed I am so incredibly blessed when I came back to Smithers for this work contract I was a little like a little nervous a little you know there was some history here I I'm gonna see things that are remind me of my ex partner and because when you come out of an abusive relationship emotionally, mentally and physically, like Stockholm syndrome and battered woman syndrome is a very real thing. I was very shocked. I mean, I had not been prepared for that. I did a lot of reading and did a lot of like internal healing and I'm still doing internal healing, which is another reason why I wanted to open up this podcast was to create bigger communities so that we can all heal together and be there for each other. So as I was driving into Smithers, I was, you know, oh, like, yeah, last time I was here, I was, you know, with him and we had all these plans and we did all these things together. But I'm actually really enjoying myself. I'm finding that I'm getting a lot of closure and a lot of peace with this trip. So I also do mentoring for other instructors as part of my instructor role. What that means is, is if somebody is like, wants to start teaching first aid, they have to take a course to learn how to teach first aid. And then they have to work with somebody who's called uh, an apprentice supervisor, and which is me. And I mentor the new instructor into how to be a good instructor or give them tips and tricks. I watch them teach. I make some notes. I do some observations. And I sign them off where I say, like, no, you need another class. A little bit more practice would be great. So I was coming up here to do that. And I was also coming up here to spend some time with some friends And most importantly, I was coming up here to cut that love lock off that damn bridge that me and my partner had put on there. I have to say, it was really gratifying cutting that off. It felt like for all of the abuse that I had suffered and endured, it felt like there was no hold left on me, which was a pretty cool thing. Cutting that lock off gave me a lot of closure. You know I cried of course of course I cried it's interesting the attachments that we make to certain things and the association we have with objects and emotions and memories and such I was really proud of myself for a being able to cut it off because I had to I used a handsaw my mentee the guy that I was helping get his first aid instructor gave me a metal saw a handsaw and he's like, Yeah, just cut it at a sharp, like put it at a sharp angle. And he's like, you'll get it, no problem. So I was standing on this bridge and the traffic, it's a one-way bridge. So you can only, if there's traffic on either side, you have to stop and wait for the previous car to go through. And this is like the most driven road in it's called Telqua. It's the next town over. It's smaller than Smithers. It's super tiny but it's the most driven road in Telkwa. and There's this one truck he drove by and I'm standing there with my back to the traffic, but everybody can see what I'm doing. Everybody knows that I'm cutting a lock off the bridge. And this one truck drives by and he's like, Oh no, I'm so sorry. And it's like, well, whatever, like it happens. And I just kept cutting, kept cutting. And then this guy walked with his dog and, He's like, oh, it's going to take you a while to get through that. And I was like, no, I've almost got it. I'm determined. And he's just like, good luck and keeps walking. And I finally did get it off. And I went and sat on this bench by the river and just kind of had a little moment to myself. And then I threw the lock in the river and I was like, and be done. So that was a really nice closure piece for me. Really nice. And training this new first aid instructor. So the reason why I come up here is because these communities don't have other instructors available to them. So when I come here to do some mentoring, it means that they now have more available instructors, which means they might not need me for the next round of training and such, which is a really beautiful thing. This is the whole purpose behind Rescue Ready is I want to outreach to as many remote communities as possible deliver quality training and set them up so that they can continue training themselves and inspire the community to continue with their pool succession plans and with lifeguard training and with public education and with swim lessons and with community and and leadership like lifeguards are leaders in our communities i love that about lifeguarding Everybody's just like, oh, it must be nice to just stand there and, and look good. And it's like, well, hold on a second. These kids, you know, especially in small communities, they go out and they party, right? They go to bush burners and they're doing crazy things. Well, if one of their friends goes down, guess who knows what to do and how to handle a situation and the steps to take, right? You, lifeguarding isn't just isolated to the pool, lifeguarding and the principles of lifeguarding apply to our everyday life, into our rescue, into being leaders in the community and looking out for one another, into providing safety and supervision in the community. It filters out into other areas of your life. I know for me, I have a lot of things to be grateful for because of all of the learning that I've gotten from my career in lifeguarding. But now all I do is teach, but before I I just, I used to just lifeguard. So training this other instructor was really a cool feeling and on the inside in my core, I, I got this feeling that like, okay, this is gonna be my last trip here for a while. They're gonna be okay for a while. I just have this sense. So training this new instructor, So that he could take over, be my successor and and continue on was really fun. And he did a really great job. I'm really proud of him, really happy for him. He worked really hard and he took all of my feedback and put it forward. And he worked harder, which was, when you see that, that is so cool. I love being an instructor because I'm passionate about what I teach. But what I most love about being an instructor is watching all of my students put in the work and challenge themselves and make themselves into great lifeguards. I don't do that. I give you all the resources and the tools to be able to do that. But my candidates, my students take full responsibility and they get full credit for how well they do in my courses because it's all them. It is all them. Another piece of closure that I was able to get here was I had a group of girls that I used to hang out with here. And we would talk and we would, you know, bike together. We would go to the pub together. We would swim together. And and when COVID was really bad and there was this huge polarization between, you know, what you believed if you wanted to get vaccinated, if you didn't want to get vaccinated, if you supported all of the restrictions and the lockdown, and if you didn't support the restrictions and the lockdown, and there was a big polarity between us. And once I moved away from Smithers, the polarity got even worse. And a couple of them actually messaged me and was like, and told me they didn't want to really be my friend anymore. They didn't agree with me. I didn't care what they thought because really, I'm a humanitarian, remember. Humanity matters to me. Humanity is not defined by your political stance, by your anything else your personal morals your principles that you live by your belief system your religious system that is not humanity humanity is you're a human being i'm a human being i respect you you respect me we can have discussions about what we think i don't have to agree with you and Man, how boring would it be if all your friends and everybody that you knew agreed with everything that you said, thought, believed, or even had an idea of? That would be extremely boring. There would be no diversity. I know this. I'm fine with whatever you believe. You can do you, you can think however you wanna think, But it doesn't mean that I can't be associated with you or that I can't have friends because they disagree with me. You know, it was kind of like a take back for me. I was pretty shocked because you have to remember, like, I'm in my 30s. And so these ladies are in their late 20s, you know, approaching their 30s. They were younger than me. And they're telling me that we can't be friends because I don't agree with them or because they don't agree with me. It was like, wow, I didn't realize that we were just jumping back to high school here. So that was actually really hurtful for me and speaking of jumping back to high school if you haven't listened to episode one i was really bullied in school so when they did that it actually triggered some like unknown like subconscious feelings about you know again abandonment and being bullied and insecurities and such and i was pretty hurt by it to be honest because you know, we're clearly adults here. How does this still happen in adulthood? Like, this seems like such a high school thing or preschool thing, even to do. So, I was pretty hurt, but I was able to like move through that and get over it for a while. I was pretty angry, you know, and you know me, like, anger is my first response in emotional trauma. So, you know, I would stew about it a little bit. And my abusive partner at the time, he belittled it he dismissed it he was like well I don't think that that's such a big deal like it obviously it just shows how immature they are and it's like well yeah I get that but I'm still really hurt by it but he was not he didn't even know what the meaning of empathy was so I didn't even get any support from that one girl said no I don't want to be your friend anymore I don't want to be associated with you I was like that really whatever I don't want to be associated with you either good luck." The other girl was actually one of my, I, well, I called her my best friend. We called each other best friends while we, here, we were here in Smithers. So that one was a pretty big shock to me, and that one actually really hurt. She didn't say that she didn't want to be associated with me. She just said she wanted to take a step back from our friendship and give it some space. So I was like, you know, that really sucks, like, Take care, I guess. And I actually blocked her on social media because I was like, if you're just going to drop me like that over something so meaningless, political belief systems are meaningless, okay? It's, that is the, if you want to play their game and if you want to get caught up in all of that mess, go for it. But that does not define people as human beings. I can have conservative views and agree with some liberal views and even think some of the NDP platform is, you know, ideal or whatever. I can think whatever I want. I can believe in whatever I want. It's the way that I operate as a human being that should matter, not what I think. Because everybody makes all of their conclusions based off of what they think they know. That's it. Everybody out here is just floundering around with what they think they know. Nobody actually knows anything because that would be boring as well. We have life for that and we learn and we're ever evolving and we're ever growing. We never know everything at one time. When she was like, Oh, I don't want to be associated with you, I blocked her on all social media. I was like, Okay, fine. If you can treat me that way, I don't want to be that. Those are not the people I want in my life, anyways. So this friend of mine and I, for my 30th birthday, we went to Prince Rupert and we just went and had a heyday of a night. Like It was the craziest time I've had in my adulthood, for sure. But I mean, I turned 30, so it was a huge marker. So we had this crazy night in Prince Rupert and it's been the standing joke between us when we see people reels and such of like drunks and whatever like we would be like oh yeah this reminds us of PR because we just got totally hammered smashed shit-faced like beyond anything that I've even come close to since I turned 18 and was of legal age in Alberta so it was just nuts And I had unblocked her from social media because I think I went to go and creep on her because, you know, it really hurt. I actually missed her and, you know, I thought about her a lot. So I checked in on her every once in a while. And I saw this reel and it was this reel, this guy just kind of blows into this drink and this drink just kind of splashes all over his face. But he's so drunk that he kind of, you know, just does this face plant. And I laughed so hard and i was like oh my gosh that totally reminds me of my friend so i sent her the reel and she was and i was like hey this is like prince rupert and we started talking again and i was like yeah i'm gonna be in smithers in may and she's like okay cool and yeah let's get together and i was like yeah perfect so we did i did want to just go and pay respects To the fact that she was a human being that really meant a lot to me while I was here in Smithers. And it's unfortunate the way things went, but whatever, she just was doing the best that she could with what she thought she had. And I can respect that. So it was nice to just go and have some lunchtime beers and shoot the shit a little bit and catch up. And it was nice to send her off on a good note. And now it's like, okay. If I ever see you again, it will be a happy thing. It won't be such a a sad or a a bitter thing. So that was another piece while being here that brought me some closure, which was really quite lovely. I was really happy about that as well. To finish everything off, I went for breakfast with a national trainer friend of mine. So he also works for the Life Saving, well, he works for himself. He's a volunteer for the Life Saving Society. He's affiliated with the Life Saving Society. So he does exactly what I do, but at a higher level. He also is a trainer and a national trainer. And he's one of the only ones in the North. We went out and we had a really nice breakfast. Really good time to catch up and just really enjoy each other's company. So that was a really good note to end this trip on. And what I'm most excited about with this trip is the friend that I get to stay with while I'm here... She is one of my most dear and special friends. We fall into a rhythm instantly when we're together. We have this standing joke because she's really good at cooking and baking, and I'm really good at working. <laughs> so we have this standing joke that she's the wife and I'm the husband, and then we have little Zeppelin, and we take team taking care of him. And it's just it's a really family feel when I'm here staying with her oh i got the hiccups all in all really blessed and really grateful that i had the smithers experience really grateful that i went through the experience of an abusive partner as well because now i know what to look for and now i can help educate and tell other people what to look for and be a support to younger females out there like that in those situations so every hard lesson comes with it a blessing. Every suffering, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Thanks for joining me on episode eight. Send me some DMs. Tell me some of your stories. Tell me some of your rescues. Tell me some of your, your experiences with lifeguarding, with the lifeguard training. Where do you lifeguard? Hit me up with some DMs. Let's get the conversation rolling. Until next time, this is Rescue Replay out.